0: Welcome to Education Beat. i Vasquez, Executive Director at EdSource. Among those most affected by distance learning throughout the pandemic have been students who are learning English as a second language. That's about 1.2 million students in California. As public schools reopen their doors for a new school year, these students will need special attention and lots of opportunities to practice speaking, both with their peers and their teachers. While English learners were among the first allowed to return in person in a limited fashion last school year, many families chose to remain in distance learning for fear of infection. It came as no surprise. In California, low-income, Latino, and immigrant communities have been hardest hit by COVID-19. As students return this month, Experts say teachers and school officials need to go above and beyond to make school a welcoming place, affirm the importance of children's native languages, and provide social emotional support to ease the anxiety and the stress caused by the pandemic. Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Staveley.
1: When you walk into Charlene Freed's English classroom, you see and hear language everywhere. There are words plastered on the walls, and students chatting with each other in English and other languages. For Fried, the most important thing is to get her students to share about their own experiences.
2: Becoming bilingual can sometimes feel difficult. My dad courageously taught me to use my bilingual voice to fight for all people's rights.
1: This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stapley. This week, welcoming back English learners. This week, I'm talking with an expert teacher about how she's supporting her English learner students as they return to in-person class. Charlene Freed teaches high schoolers who are learning English as a second language at Sierra Vista High School in Baldwin Park Unified in Los Angeles. She's also a lecturer at Cal State LA and an adjunct professor at Loyola Marymount University. All of her students at Sierra Vista High are English learners.
3: They run the gamut from newcomers, highly educated Newcomers coming up on the caravan, some who never went to school, to long-term English learners who have been here all their lives. But I really love the combination of kids because when we bond, we make a family, I think, that deals with real life. Charlene Freed is
1: all about community. She's also all about getting kids to talk and express themselves in English. When you're learning another language, you need to be able to practice that language with teachers, but especially with peers. And that's something that a lot of English learners didn't get enough of during distance learning. It was hard to get those opportunities on Zoom. Teachers tried breakout rooms to have small groups, but it wasn't the same.
3: So Charlene wants her students to talk. Even with a senior English class where they have to do heavy duty research, we do everything orally first. Like if we're doing claim and counterclaim for a research paper, we will do it orally first. Like I make a claim, you make a counterclaim. I make another claim, you make a counterclaim. We quote because I really believe for all kids, but especially English learners, that if they've been able to do it orally first, that they feel much more comfortable.
1: Getting students to talk to each other can be harder than it sounds. First of all, they need to trust each other. They might be embarrassed about how they sound in English or afraid to make mistakes. But for English learners, it's really important to get them to talk. A class where the teacher is just talking and the students are all just listening isn't going to be enough for the students to really learn English. Charlene starts this on day one. This year, she started by asking the students questions.
3: So I asked them, like, how do you see yourself right now coming back to school after the pandemic? How do you feel coming back to school? What's something you fear right now? Now that you're back in school, how do you want people to see you?
2: I want people to see me like a person that will always help them in anything they have. I want them to see me strong. I want them to see me happy and a person that they can ask for help.
3: You're going to give one or two words that describes your personality? I'm a connector. A connector. Okay. Luis, one word to describe your personality? Happy. Happy. Okay, how about you? Trustworthy. Trustworthy? Oh.
1: And what are you trying to get what are you trying to get them to do? It sounds like you're trying to get them to talk.
3: I'm trying to get them to talk, to trust, to bond, to listen. And to collaborate, because afterwards I would ask, so which words came up most often? How many of us feel that this is the most important? How many of us feel this is what we need from the class? How many of us feel this is what we can give to the class? Yeah. But mostly to build community right now. Yeah.
1: So tell me about what it was like to see your students again for the first time.
3: We cried. Just unbelievably emotional. Um, They were waiting at the door with their little hands like this in the morning, wanting in. I got here really early. Class starts at 8.10. They were already here waiting to come in. When lunch came, they didn't leave. They stayed in the room. And just, I think, for us to see each other again, to be together again, to know that we're a family again, the ninth graders were last in a classroom in a middle school in seventh grade, those who have been here. And now they're in a high school. So I was expecting that maybe they would be traumatized, but I don't know, Sadie, they, they, they just seem happy to be here. They seem comfortable. On March 13th, when we left the classroom, it's interesting, Sadie, because their work is still up here from March 13th of what, a year and a half ago. And I taught one 10th grade regular English class then. And five of those kids have come back. They're seniors now. May I be year eight? May I be year eight? And they found their work up today and they cried. And they're all boys too.
1: You're listening to Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm talking with Charlene Freed, a teacher at Sierra Vista High School in Baldwin Park Unified in Los Angeles County. All of her students are English learners. Last year, during the pandemic, Charlene came up with a bunch of lesson ideas to get her students working creatively at home and continuing to use English. Her students designed superheroes to save humanity from the coronavirus. They had to use 10 adjectives and 10 verbs in English. She said writing the stories helped her students learn grammar, And discussing the stories with their classmates helped them practice talking and listening. They also used photos and pictures of themselves to write about how the coronavirus
3: pandemic affected them. When we went online, it took the school a full two weeks to figure out how we were going to be online together. And I missed them. So the first thing we did was they took a picture of themselves or drew themselves and had body parts talk about emotions like my arms want to hug my grandmother, but I can't because I know it's very dangerous for her. And then they created quotes to define how they were seeing this brand new pandemic. And then they wrote about it to me. Now Charlene is planning to
1: redo some of those lessons in a different way this year.
3: They're going to meet with a partner like I would draw you and you would draw me. And I would interview you and I would have your body parts talk and you would have mine talk. I would say "Say Sadie's eyes reach out to love and make you feel comfortable. Her mouth speak softly so she won't intimidate you so they're either we're either going to interview each other which would be really cool because then they're they're building interaction or they're going to do their own again and then my next idea was the superhero because they did before the pandemic so now they're going to say what kind of superhero are you going to create who will help you get through this transition now especially with the variant and everything and you know, probably a lot of them are going to choose their moms. Oh, that's another question I asked them day two. You know, what did you, What was one thing good that came out of the pandemic? And they said getting closer to family. Because a lot of these kids, their parents work all day long when they never talk. So they, what came out mostly was what they get to talk to their families.
1: This is a really big deal to hear Charlene say this. Because when English learners were at home, some people in education were worried that they wouldn't have exposure to English, which is totally true. But they did have something wonderful, which is more exposure to their home language and culture. One of the things experts and researchers who focus on English learners keep saying is that to support English learners when they return to in-person class, you have to validate and affirm kids' home cultures and languages. So one teacher I talked to has a sign on his door that says, everybody is welcome here. And it's in English and in like 16 other languages, representing the languages his students speak at home. Charlene does a lot of this, too. She lets students express themselves in their home language in the classroom. And she does lessons that focus on students' home cultures.
3: And then after we do that, we're going to create the culture bags. And I got little brown bags for them. And they're going to put inside the bag like three things that define their personal culture, something they fear, something they do really well, which we've been building up to with these words, something they can give the class, something they need from the class. And then like we we did this a year and a half ago, they're hanging on the wall right now. So I'm not going to take them down and I'm going to take another wall and hang up the new ones. So that's my goal to build community. But you're talking about because we don't want our kids to be behind academically. So all of those things involve even the human drawing one, the quote becomes an essay. This is who I am. The, the hero becomes an essay, what is my story? And in a way, it's like a graphic organizer, but it's less traditional because it's very personal. And all of these activities will lead later into our literature and what we do. Example, the culture bag. Later on, they can do characters, they can do authors if I'm allowed to present to the school, later on in a science class, they could choose famous scientists and become them. They could choose mathematicians and become them. In a history class, they could become a politician. They could become a historian. So to me, for English learners, this is like perfect scaffolding because you're building from the self into academic literacy. And that's my ultimate goal. Yeah.
1: When, when we're talking about family, one of the things that Um, I've also heard from people is that schools really need to do a better job or an especially good job this year of doing family partnerships and um, reaching out to families. Can you share some of the things that you do for that?
3: Yeah, (laughs) that's interesting. There's a little video called The Dot by Peter Reynolds. It's about a little girl who thinks she can't do anything. So the teacher says, just make a mark. She makes a mark. The next day she comes back the teacher has it hanging on the wall so she gained the confidence to become a great artist so i like this so i had my kids create a dot before before we went into the pandemic about the mark they want to make in life like i want to become a nurse because i'm going to become a, a civil rights attorney because we did them on paper plates then i gave them a plate to take home to whatever parent or guardian or grandmother they would bring to open house. And I said, now have that person do the mark that they're gonna leave with you, the legacy, how they can help you. So we came back and we made a circle and the kids, like I read to you my mark, you're my mom, you read to me what you can give me. Another thing that we do to involve the parents that I told you that we did online, they wrote books called My Family And they had a chapter on my dad, my mom, my dog, my grandmother. And then online, we had them bring that family member that they wrote a chapter about, read it to that family member, and then they autographed it. So that was really powerful, too, because they're all home. Here's daughter and mother on the screen together. But, I mean, Sadie, there are a lot more things schools can do. It's just hard. Do you think that most... English
1: learner teachers, teachers who are teaching English learners, have enough ideas and support to do these kind of language-rich activities and, um, and
3: lessons with kids? We had an AP Calculus teacher at our school, and all the kids in his class were mine, and they were all Asian. And he said to me, aren't you teaching them English? Every time I put them in groups, they speak Mandarin. And I said, how are they doing? He goes, well, fine. Those kids all got fives that year. But see, that teacher, and he's gone, he didn't understand the importance of home language reinforcement. I can teach you in English, I can put you in little groups, and you can work in your own language, and then we can come back together and put it together in English. And also, like in math, if a kid is well-educated, he has the math, language, and concepts, but not the English. So we have to learn how to recognize that. And I think that that's what a lot of contemporary teachers have to learn. This is
1: Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. This week, I'm talking with teacher Charlene Freed of Sierra Vista High School in Baldwin Park about how to support English learners as they return to in-person classes. Earlier this year, two of Charlene's English learner students won essay contests, one at the state level and one national.
3: That was a miracle, Okay, We were online. I never met them. That was a miracle. We've never had two kids win both in one year, never. Charlene's
1: student, ZYU, won the California Association for Bilingual Education essay writing contest. He described distance learning and how students and teachers work together to break through the plastic screen. He ended his essay by writing, the coronavirus will pass. We will learn to live in peace and harmony. We will do this by becoming bilingual and learning to truly communicate and bond with people all over our small world. We will chat in our bilingual voices as we share our cultures with each other through the unique food of our countries. Another student, Melina Estrada, won the National Association for Bilingual Education essay contest. Here she is reading part of her essay to her class.
2: People, even my friends, would always tell me, learn how to speak English right and go back from where you came. I have also been told that I don't have what it takes. This almost did me in. But there was my dad always next to me, making me stronger than ever, he told me. The most important thing is to always trust yourself. Keep on going, believe in yourself. And Mika, continue learning Spanish. Use your Spanish to help you learn English. He taught me to trust in myself and never give up. People continue to make fun of me because I only knew Spanish, but I never gave up. Thanks to my father and my teachers, I know two languages well. And I am proud to say I am bilingual. Yes, I am bilingual.
3: Melina's papa passed away in December. Her mother's raising the family. Melina is a precious, precious soul. She loves to help others. She loves to give. Her main goal in life is just to help others. And you have to understand her because her ideas are beautiful but she still needs to work on her academic English. So Baldwin Park got a grant to build little houses for homeless people. So this is what she wrote in her essay that she wants to help the homeless and she wants them to be understood. So now she wants to start on campus a club to help raise money to help them help the homeless people. Boom, she's just out there acting.
2: On December 7th, 2020, my father passed away. This was a crushing blow to me and my family. It put a sad ending to an already challenging year. He died in the village, and my mom said we had to move, that she couldn't stay in the house where he died. But now, we are still here, and we share the beautiful memories of our lives together. I respect my dad for all the hard work he did in his 56 years of life. Just as he so suddenly left us, I realized that as a bilingual person, it is I who must carry on the work my dad did not get to finish. I want to become the bilingual mayor of Baldwin Park, the city where I live. I want to help fight for the people's rights because I think everyone should be treated equally.
1: That was Melina Estrada. She won the National Association of Bilingual Education essay contest this year. Her teacher is Charlene Freed. Who I'm talking with on this week's episode. I just wanted to ask you, you know, what you're hoping, what your hopes, what are your hopes and dreams, Charlene, for the year?
3: I mean, I think we build a community behind the wall. And like the kid Seawall wrote about breaking the screen, that was brilliant to me. I use it myself now. I think we build a community. I think a lot of teachers had trouble doing that. And I think it's because we really didn't use books. We really did everything from our own stories. And my goal for this year is to continue that, to try to make up the gaps in their academic literacy so that they feel competent and proficient enough to go on the senior class now. I mean, we talked about it today, you know, going on to college, that they're going to want to try to go on to college, that they can do this heavy duty research paper, that they're going to be able to do it. It's going to take hours and hours and hours, and we're going to have to do a lot of stuff to learn how to do claim, counterclaim, textual evidence that's reality that they have to do but they will and they can and that's my personal goal that they accomplish all the academic goals but mostly that they're able to build a community and and, and love each other honestly
1: thank you for listening to this week's episode of education beat getting to the heart of california schools a production of edsource our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks to the Education Beat team, Andrew Reed, Justin Allen, Smita Patel, Ashley A. Smith, and our director, Ann Basquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the Sobrado Family Foundation and the heising Simons Foundation. I'm Zadie Stavely. Join me next week as we visit with freshmen starting college during the pandemic.